This podcast and others are brought to you by EverythingVoluntary.com. My name is Skylar Collins, and this is Thinking and Doing. In this podcast, I examine logical fallacy, cognitive bias, stoic teachings from masters past and present, and tips on being better at life. I hope it will be as instructive to you as it is to me in the pursuit of thinking and doing well. Hello, welcome to the podcast. We're going to look at some life pro tips in this episode, so let's get started. Okay, this one's for anybody who's in the market for a house. If you're looking to buy a house and... It's an older house. Here's something to keep in mind. It says, this is, oh, also this is by user Lord Bowler 423 When buying a house that is around 15 years old, be prepared to replace and or repair things like the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning, the water heater, the refrigerator, the roof, etc. These are pricey repair items that have a life expectancy of 10 to 15 years. Okay, I thought this was pretty good, but it's about 15 years too late for me. <laughs> uh, we bought our house in 2005, and the house was built in 1946. And the last time anything was updated, well, there's a lot that has not been updated. Um, it still has the original wood floor, from what I can tell. There was an addition built between the garage and the house, which made the house wider and longer and look more like a rambler style than a bungalow style and that was built in the 80s and that was carpeted of course we've uh, replaced the carpet a couple of years ago some of the carpet downstairs as well and and the stairs that go down two years ago we put in new windows so we upgraded all the windows um they were really old windows i don't think they were original they were probably updated in the 80s um, and I think the, th- the thing that will be updated next will be the roof. The, I actually have three roofs up there. Um, and it's a bit of an eyesore as well as the flashing and the gutter. I think the people we bought the house from painted the flashing and the gutters white. And a lot of that is chipped off and rusted off and come off. And it's, it's just, it's just terrible to look at. So at some point, I'm I'm saving money right now, at some point in the next few years, I'll probably have all of that redone. And depending on the state of, you know, the solar industry, I'll, I'll look at maybe throwing some panels or something up there. Maybe the, maybe there'll be some uh, Tesla solar roof type of options that, uh, whose prices have, have significantly dropped by the time I do it, or maybe I'll wait until that happens. Of course, a few years ago, we also got new a new stove, a new refrigerator, a new dishwasher. And just a couple of weeks ago, we got a new washer and dryer. So these things, and some of these things you'd have to, you'd have to update if you were renting too, obviously. But these, a lot of this stuff, I didn't think about. Um, we did, how long ago? Maybe seven or eight years. We did put central air in and we upgraded um, our electrical panel so that it could handle it. Um, our heater's still good. 
Uh, oh, uh, 2017, we got a new water heater. There's just a lot of these things that just sort of come up and it's like, oh, I guess we need to replace that, right? Where we can't tell the landlord that this needs to be replaced. It's it's on us. It's our house. We own this. We own the land. We own the building. We own everything in the building, right? Um, but yeah, so, you know, it's kind of a continual work in progress. The house has a lot of character. There's a lot of old stuff about it and there's some new stuff about it. And when you look at our when you look at our decoration and our furniture, what you see is mostly hand-me-down stuff, stuff we've inherited, and a few new things that we got at IKEA. So when you're when you inherit furniture, you're not really picking out stuff that goes well together. So when you come into our house and you see everything we have, what's obvious is um Oh, what's the word? I just had it. It's on the tip of my tongue. When nothing matches, but that's kind of the style. H- hang on, let me let me find this. The word I was looking for was eclectic. <laughs> we have uh, an eclectic decorating style in this house, I should say. Um, but everything has character because everything, uh, uh, most things, have been around for a while. We've inherited stuff from my wife's side. We've inherited stuff from from my my parents and my grandparents, and we've just thrown it all together. Everything kind of has a story with it. I I love that. Okay. Anyway, so when you're buying a house and it's an older house, you've really got to figure out if you know how old all of the innards are, if they've been updated. A lot of a lot of people will go into these older neighborhoods like mine, and they'll buy up these houses from people who passed away or people who are you know, they own their house, but they're ready to have a nice little inflow of cash to help them uh, retire or whatnot. And they'll sell the house to somebody who's going to come in, strip it out, update it, uh, remodel it, repaint it, re-roof it, um, and then sell it for, you know, twice as much as they bought it for. In fact, I don't think a day goes by where I don't have either a flyer or a postcard in my mail from some company telling me they want to pay cash for my house. It's constant. I don't know how to get off these lists. (laughs) And it's because of the neighborhood I live in. It's an older neighborhood. And every other house has been updated. And every other house is super old and and either, you know, in a classy sense or in a dilapidated sense. It's just how it is. So anyway, mine's kind of half and half right now, I guess. (laughs) All right. Things to consider. Let's, Let's go on to the next one. Okay. This one is from user not... Billy Eyelash. Okay. If you have to wake up early, but think that the alarm might not do the trick, drink two to three cups of water right before bed. You're more likely to be sensitive to the alarm and actually wake up if you need to attend nature's call too. Okay. This, this is kind of interesting. I, I used to wake up to an alarm back when I had an employer and I worked in an office. And so I, you know, my alarm would go off at, you know, I, I like to go in early so that I could leave early. And I, my alarm would go off at 6 or maybe 5.30 and I would, you know, attend nature's call as they put it and then, you know, shower and then get dressed and then leave and be at the office all day. Well, when I when I stopped working for an employer, which was a, a coming up on six years ago, five and a half years ago now, I didn't need to wake up early. So I didn't set the alarm. But my body had habituated to waking up early and attending nature's call. So now I wake up pretty much like clockwork at 7, 6.30 to 7. 
kind of depends on it kind of depends on when the sun rises and as the sun starts to rise earlier and earlier I'll probably be getting up at 6 6:30 um and it's because I got to go potty <laughs> so I go potty and then I'm up if I go potty and then I go lay down I I could fall asleep well if I'm going potty and I'm on my phone and I'm reading through emails whatever you know like uh, blog updates and whatnot then that wakes me up. If I don't do that and I just go potty and I go back and lay down, I could sleep in. I could fall asleep for another couple of hours. But I'm usually doing that, so I'm I'm up, you know, and then I I just I just start my day. So I've been habituated to this. And I, you know, I don't really have this problem, but I thought I thought this was interesting because I do need to go potty every morning and I, I do drink in the evening. I eat dinner pretty late, you know, after eight o'clock when I get home. And I usually have a, you know, one of my sodas, one of my stevia uh, sweetened sodas. And, you know, I have a little bit of water when I brush my teeth. And maybe that's, maybe that's what's doing it. Um, I do go potty before going to bed, but obviously anything I've had that evening is not yet through my system. So, you know, that's, that's probably what it is. I think that's what it is. So, you know, whether it's an hour or so before you go to bed or when you go to bed, have a have a few cups of water, and that's probably going to help you get up in the morning, whether or not you use an alarm. I like that. Okay, let's go to the next one. Okay, this one is by Green Peas One Q Eight Four. I don't know if that's supposed to say something, but they write it's easy to recognize propaganda when you disagree with the ideas it promotes. Consider whether the media you consume is designed to reinforce opinions you already hold as they may be withholding the whole truth to serve that purpose. This is, um, it seems to me like news media, whether it's newspaper or uh, 24-hour news channels, seems to be getting more polarized, right? There seems to be more, it seems to me to be more obviously a leftist perspective and bias versus a, a left wing versus a right wing uh, perspective and bias. And I don't know if that's because I've gotten so so radically centrist in my uh, libertarian anarchism, my voluntarism. And if you listen to my other podcasts, you know what that's all about, that I, I see this a bit more obviously, or it really, I mean, I've been this way politically. I've been in this space for at least five, six years now. Well, at least since 2011 when I started my website, Everything Voluntary. Wow, it's been 10 years. And I haven't really, I haven't really changed that much. I mean, things happen in the world and then I, I think differently about them because of where I'm at, right? I have my own bias. But over this 10 years, um, it does seem that things have gotten more polarized the way the news, not only the way the news is reported, but what type of news is even reported, right? I mean, just consider, just consider the Me Too movement, right? And there were some obvious bad guys there and the media did their job in highlighting it. And then when it came around to politicians, the media loved to go after right-wing people like Trump for this. But then when it swung around and went and, and became an issue for the now current president in the US, US, Joe Biden, the media was complicit in burying that story. So I don't think it's because that story held any less uh, factual relevance or factual weight. I think it was, I, I think based on what I saw, it's probably pretty likely that it happened the way 
it alleged uh, the the victim alleged it happened. But most of the big media giants seem to have this left wing bias, and they just didn't want to hurt. Right? They didn't want to hurt their side's chances of winning the election. Donald Trump was such an existential threat that it had to be right. Now, look, it might be from their perspective. Donald Trump may have been such a bad guy, such a threat to the country that doing what they did in their own minds may be ethically justified, right? It may be justified that they let this one, excuse me, that they let this one slide and continue to promote their guy just to get rid of, of Donald Trump, right? It, it kind of make, it kind of begs the question. If Donald Trump if you think he's such an existential threat, then don't you have or wouldn't you have some sort of ethical obligation um, or some sort of duty to do anything you can to get rid of Donald Trump, even if that stuff is illegal, right, or fraudulent, right? I mean, why, if he's such a threat, then it seems like those things would not be out of reach. Anyway, bit of a tangent. Uh, but there's things on the right. You know, they ignore things about their people as well. This, this, it seems to me that this is, this is happening. And there's been, you know, there's been new organizations that have sort of sprung up in the last few years to serve the right because so much of the big guys are on the left, the CNNs, the MSNBCs and the New York Times and the LA Times and blah, blah, blah. So it, you know, it, it's kind of like when you, when you look at, what other countries are saying, right? What other uh, foreign media is saying about foreign governments and what those governments are saying. There's a higher level of uh, skepticism there. It's like, well, yeah, of course, Russian propaganda. It's obvious. We all see it. Of course, there's Chinese propaganda. It's, it's there. We all see it. Guess what? There's also American propaganda. And we only really want to see it when it's coming from the other side. And that's kind of a problem. At least I think so. Okay, let's find one more. Okay, this one's by a penny pincher's guide. Every time you get paid, make sure to pay yourself first by putting money into your investments and your savings before any other purchase. I really like this. And a lot of people will, they'll have 401ks and whatnot set up. And your employer will put money right into your 401k before they give you your paycheck, right? It comes out just like your, uh, your taxes, your withholding taxes and your, your uh, health insurance and your dental insurance. It'll all be pulled out and then they'll give you the rest. After you get that, you probably, if, if it, and I agree with this, um, and we don't need to, we don't need to should here. It's, it's more a question of what you're, what your goals are. If your goals are to save money and to do everything you can to limit your disposable income so that you're buying uh, less frivolously, then the first thing to do when you get your paycheck is immediately separate out what goes in retirement savings and what goes into emergency savings and what goes into rainy day funds and that sort of thing, right? Let's say you get a paycheck for $1,000 Try to try to take out as much as possible. And if you've if you if you learn you've maybe taken too much, you can always pull a little bit out. Or you can maybe take a second look at what you're spending money on and clean that up a bit. So if you get a paycheck for a thousand bucks, take five hundred of it. Take half of it 
and stick it in a savings account and then just try to work with the rest. And I think if you get in the habit of doing that, then it's going to be easier and easier. And as time goes on, you know, putting half of it away in savings, whether it's a single savings account or you divvy it, excuse me, you divvy it up into different types of savings, short term versus long term, uh, you might discover that, you know, it's not so hard to live on half of this paycheck. Okay. And, and you don't even need to think about the other half or you switch it. Maybe you go 60, 40, right? Or 70, 30. This is something that I'm going to have to advise my son on. My son just got his very first job. He now works at Chick-fil-A, which I think is a fantastic first job. My first job was in a mall food court in a restaurant, and now his is as well. And he's meeting new people. He's getting pushed a bit outside of his comfort zone, having to you know talk to strangers and that sort of thing. It's been good for him, and I think he's enjoying it. And someday soon, that first paycheck's going to come in. So we've opened up a checking and a savings account for him. And I'm going to advise him. I'm going to say, look, here it is. My advice, stick half in this account, half in this account, and only use this much. Or because he really doesn't have any bills to pay right now, it's all disposable income. Um, and he's trying to save to start buying parts to build his own uh, PC tower. He might put, he might go 80, 20 and stick 80% of it in savings and leave the 20% to buy his, you know, whatever he buys in his video games and whatnot. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of, what kind of person he is, right? Everybody kind of has a personality around their money. Some people are very good savers and others are not. Between my wife and I, she's the saver and I'm the spender, but I've gotten better. I actually have money in savings. I've always had money in retirement savings, but I've actually been put, putting money. Some of it I set up to transfer automatically every month, and the other I transfer over when stuff is paid and I have leftover, I move that in. So I've actually built a nice little fat little savings account, which I'll probably spend one day on a new roof, <laughs> like I talked about. So seeing that there, makes me feel really good about doing it. Now that I see it and I see it getting bigger, it becomes easier. When you're just starting out, it's kind of difficult because it just it doesn't look like much. But as long as you're doing it as soon as you get any as soon as you get money in your hand, immediately start at 50%, put 50% of it in a savings account and don't plan on touching it. I think that'll be helpful for a lot of people. Okay. I think that's it. We looked at a few. Let's just do a quick review. When you're in the market for a house and you're looking at older houses, definitely check all of the guts. Okay. See see how old the roof is. See what the windows look like. Talk about the HVAC, the water heater, um, the plumbing, the pipes, the electrical. Let's say it's an older house. It doesn't have an air conditioning. It's got a swamp cooler on the roof like ours still does, but we don't use it. Chances are your electrical is not going to be strong enough to support uh, an air conditioning. Ours wasn't. We had to upgrade the electrical in order to get that installed, which added a pretty penny to the you know to the final price. Um, if you need to wake up early, then you can help yourself out by drinking some water before bed. I like that. Um, remember that the the news media that you consume probably has a bias. Everybody has a bias. And that bias probably reveals itself um, or takes the form of propaganda from time to time, if not all the time. So 
recognize that, learn to recognize that. And then every time you get paid, pay yourself first. Put some money away into savings. I recommend starting at 50%. And if you learn that that's you know, pretty easy to do, then increase it. If it's not so easy to do, then decrease it. Pretty simple. All right, that's it. Thank you so much for listening and have a better day. Please send your comments or questions to thinkinganddoingpodcast at gmail.com. If you like this episode, please subscribe to Everything Voluntary, a podcast where I promote respect for the voluntary principle in all walks of life and for all age groups. If you'd like to kick back a small commission from every Amazon purchase you make at no extra cost to you, please use and bookmark our special link at AmazonEVC.com. That's AmazonEVC.com. You can rate and review this podcast in your podcast app, and please share it with everyone you know. Please consider supporting this podcast in everythingvoluntary.com by setting up an automatic monthly donation at patreon.com forward slash EVC. One-time donations are also accepted at paypal.me forward slash everythingvoluntary.com.